is Jackie Lamport. Today is Tuesday, January 4th. Welcome to the Capital Daily Podcast. Today on the show. Particularly during the pandemic, bike theft has really become an even more significant problem. The city of Victoria is spending millions on bike infrastructure as part of a vision for its future. But one question remains. How does the city get people feeling more comfortable leaving their bikes downtown? We look into just how widespread bike theft is in Victoria, what advocates are calling for, and what's being done. Today's Capital Daily Podcast is brought to you by Cooking School with the London Chef. Dan Hayes is a classically trained chef and educator. Over the past decade, he's taught over 100,000 students in his kitchen in Victoria. His new online cooking school brings his charming approach to people all over the world. Cook along with Dan in live online classes each month or at your own pace using the comprehensive video library, covering everything from basic skills to elaborate meals. A monthly subscription is just $19.99 and your first two months are free. Or, for a limited time only, sign up and get your first year for just $149.99. It's time to make good on that New Year's resolution to gain confidence in the kitchen. Sign up at thelondonchef.com and start cooking today. That's thelondonchef.com. Victoria is a biking city, more so than any other city in Canada. More Victorians commute by bike per capita than anywhere else in the country. That's part of the hope of city council, and they want that number to grow. They've spent over $30 million as part of a plan to get more people onto bikes and out of cars. But there's one big challenge. Victoria has also built a name as a place where bikes get stolen. Todd Kalnick, the chair of Capital Bikes Secure Bike Parking Committee, told us around 700 bikes are reported stolen in Victoria every year. But the actual number could be much higher. A Times colonist report in June quoted Victoria Police Department's Bowen Asoko as saying the department deals with over 2,000 stolen bike files in a typical year. A Capital Daily story from last summer spoke with one owner who had their bike stolen from Herald Street along with the rack it was locked to. And that's a typical story. One Victoria Facebook group, the Stolen Bicycle Avengers, has over 6,000 members who swap stories of missing bikes. And they try to help each other find them. It's an issue the city has been aware of for a long time. Victoria published its bicycle parking strategy in 2011. And even then, the plan called for secure bicycle storage at major destinations. But Kalnick and other cycling advocates say more work needs to be done. As time's gone on, people stealing bikes have gotten more sophisticated, and so uh, they're attempting to do a lot bolder things and a lot of things, uh, you know, defeating things that would have been uh, very secure a few years ago. One of the options transport experts recommend is having bike parking with round-the-clock security. The city of Victoria says it has over a hundred spaces like these in its downtown parkades, but Kalnick says there are problems there's really very little signage and so it's you know not easy for people to find them probably the second issue is that most of them still use the antiquated inverted clothes hanger type bike racks and uh, those are very hard to use and unfortunately don't accommodate very many bikes Um, you know bikes tend to get damaged Kalnick also says the security itself isn't foolproof So there might be a security guard, but the security guard might have to go and walk around the parkade once every two or three hours 
And unfortunately, without sort of a constant supervision, then somebody looking to steal a bike would just go and do the deed while the uh, security guard is having a walk around. One answer to the problem is having secure bike lockers, the kind that would store a single bike at a time, protected by a code or a key. Greater Victoria has some already. Capital Bike has lockers for rent at the McTavish Park and Ride near the airport, the Callwood Exchange, and the Langford Exchange. But Kalnick says there are limitations. They're not as centrally located as it would be uh, nice to see. Um, uh, also, they are based on key locks, so uh, that means you really can't share them between people. And it also uh, means that they're not that easy to administer because then you need to have people who are in charge of those keys. People lose keys. You need to be able to collect the monthly rent and things of that nature. Uh, so it, administratively, uh, it's also a bit of a burden. And uh, so I think people like the idea of bike lockers, but they do need to be central and they do need to be something that can be shared between people and uh, they need to be something uh, that can be maintained on an ongoing basis. We wanted to find out what the city of Victoria is doing and where it goes from here. So we spoke to Sarah Webb. She's the city's manager of sustainable transportation planning and development. Here's our conversation. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks very much for having me. There's always two sets of thinking when it comes to transportation. Cars, you need parking. Uh, buses, you need drivers. And bikes, you need somewhere to lock them up. So when you're thinking about bikes and, and getting people into the city on bikes, is creating different areas for them to lock up the bikes also a priority? Well, yeah, we know for many people, cycling is an important mode of transportation to enable them access to their job, to, to transport children, to attend appointments or, or pick up groceries. And just like automobiles, bicycles get us to the places that we go. Um, but also just like automobiles, we need um, safe, comfortable and convenient bike parking solutions. So, mm -hmm. yeah, bike parking is a part of the on the ground infrastructure that is going to be able to help not only support more people more often riding their bikes, but to encourage new people to ride. Yeah. And this is an issue that's not necessarily just Victoria, though Victoria does seem to have it quite bad. And that's that despite having places to lock up your bikes, they tend to get stolen a lot. I personally, in a different city, I've had two bikes stolen. Uh, and it's just something that you're like, oh, well, that happens. But it's not something that you want to happen, especially when people are spending, you know, $1,000, $2,000, maybe even $3,000 on a nice bike because they're planning on using it as their commuter. How much would you say that bike theft is on the radar for the city? Well, we're absolutely very mindful of bike uh, quality bike parking facilities, uh, bicycle theft, and, and really thinking about the ways that we can support um, enhanced bike parking facilities right across our municipality. So not just in the downtown core, but around our village centres. Um, the city's kind of really working on a multi-pronged approach. Uh, first and foremost, all of the new buildings that are being built. Um, you know, how do we ensure that they're including enhanced bike parking facilities through our zoning bylaws? Um, and there are many great examples of new both commercial and residential buildings that have been constructed over the past several years that have dedicated bike parking rooms, um, you know, with racks and lockers and shower facilities, but also really high quality short term bike parking right at the front door, right at the main entry. Um, next year, we're also actually going to be exploring new requirements such as outlets for e-bikes in, in those parking rooms. 
the second major area that we're focusing in on is educating users and property managers. You know, how, what are some tips and solutions for bike parking? What do people do if they see a theft in progress? Um, which locks are the most effective? And, and how do you register your bike in projects like Garage 529 so that if your bike is stolen, it has a higher likelihood of recovery, not only just here in Victoria, but across the capital region? Mm-hmm. I was actually reading a Capital Daily story from last year that was talking about tracking down bikes and some of the bikes that were stolen in Victoria were showing up in like San Francisco or Ottawa. Absolutely. And, you know, part of it is really thinking about, um, you know, how do we make sure that people right at time of sale are, are aware about what does it mean for um, bike security, bike storage. Um, and, you know, for us as a city, there's even other things that we're doing, like in terms of like promoting options when people can't securely store their bike overnight. Um, you know, downtown here in Victoria, for example, the Bay Centre, you can um, become a member there and you get to pay for a monthly access to a bike room, um, you know, using multiple multimodal solutions like putting your bike on a bus or putting your bicycle on an Evo car share. Um, you know, when there's options where people need to be able to move their bike or or store their bike in a different place. But ultimately, you know, it's going to be about providing enhanced bike parking solutions. And that's what the city of Victoria is focusing on for 2022. Uh, we're actually really excited because as we know, as we're building out our all ages and abilities cycling network, we know that we're making it easier for more people to ride more often. And what we need to do is continue to work with our partners like Saanich and Esquimalt, who are also delivering on infrastructure solutions to say, how do we build a culture of safety? How do we build a culture of, um, you know, deterring bike theft and, and continuing to grow demand for enhanced bicycle parking solutions right across the capital region? Okay. I want to get into some of the more specific examples of the different pieces of infrastructure that you're looking at. But mm-hmm. first, I just want to address something, and that's that biking is an affordable way to get around. It's, it's something that people take up because, you know, they don't have to pay for gas. Maybe they can't afford a car. That also means that there there's a lot of people who are riding bikes who can't afford, say, a building that's brand new and has uh, bike locks underneath in, in their parking area, or they don't work at an office building that offers the amenities like bike rooms and showers. They could be working on the main road with some of the older buildings that don't have those Mm -hmm. amenities and they're bringing their bikes downtown every single day. So what are you offering for people who maybe can't even afford that Bay Center membership? Yeah, well, it's a really great point. And that's, I think, one of the most important things here is that when we talk about cycling as a solution, it's not just great for climate change and personal health. The very practical reality is that it's a very functional tool to help reduce cost of living. And so, yeah, we want to make sure that there are some affordable, accessible options when it comes to enhanced bike parking. And you might be working as a a server in the the hospitality industry or you're at a grocery store for an eight hour shift or um, you live in an older building and, and you don't have access to um, an on-site facility. And so what we really want to do is look at what are different types of solutions. And that's why the city's committed a half a million dollars to support enhanced bike parking facilities for the public um, uh, in 2022. And and I think that's partly to kind of recognize that we need a suite of solutions. Um, You know, you might be going out uh, to go get some groceries in Cook Street Village, or you might be um, uh, headed to your job in North Park, or maybe you're coming down to visit a friend in downtown. And what we really want to be able to do is come up with solutions that work for both short-term trips as well as those longer-term durations. And in a way that helps to kind of honor the fact that um, affordability is one of the key tenets of why people choose active transportation. Yeah, okay. 
Today's Capital Daily Podcast is brought to you by Vancouver Island School of Art. Are you curious to learn more about contemporary art and would enjoy in-person discussions and gallery visits with like-minded individuals? The Thursday afternoon course, Themes of Contemporary Art, could be for you. To enroll today, go to VancouverIslandSchoolArt.com. Let's talk about some specifics. What are some of the maybe newer pieces of infrastructure that we could be seeing? Well, I think first and foremost, it's really starting right from the very basics. First of all, we have lots of public bike racks, but are they located in good spots? Are they highly visible? Are they themselves secured? Are, do we have eyes on the street? So one of the ways that we're going to be immediately improving um, on-street parking solutions is, is to look at more covered bicycle parking corrals with lighting and standard racks in just highly visible public spaces. So what does that look like? That means when you, when you go to a village centre, you have a designated area, a bicycle parking area that is um, maybe not hidden around the corner. Maybe it's not in the back, but it's actually on the street, right in front of the spots where people are coming to and from. Um, On-street bicycle corrals, we have a few of them, you know, in our downtown core on our AAA routes, places like Fort Street or Pandora um, or Wharf Street, where we find that the more people we have there and when you have multiple racks in a secure space outdoors, it can make a big difference for visibility. Um, we're also looking at some of those kind of connections. So not only just kind of standard racks with a new shelter um, and lighting, but there are some really cool curbside bicycle parking hubs that are kind of developed through um, the marketplace. Um, cities like New York um, and Chicago where winter riding is a very big uh, component is how do you also ensure some curbside options that maybe provide a higher level of coverage um, uh, through uh, kind of a a more self-contained unit. Ultimately, though, I think you're going to see us look very creatively at things like our parkades. So the city of Victoria already has five major parkades with bike parking in it. Um, What about dedicating more space within these parkades for new racks, improved signage, access to tool and air? Um, and, And of course, these zones are already patrolled by security guards and are centrally located with high visibility areas. So looking to the kinds of cities out there like Delft or Utrecht, where they have entire parkades, dedicated um, just for bicycles. It's about looking at the spaces within our parkades, making them attractive and and providing them as centralized hubs for parking facilities. They're well lit, they're open 24 hours a day, and they're covered from the elements. Yeah. Okay. So I want to throw something at you and just see how realistic it is. Say the Yates Street Parkade. Um, That one has, I think it's six floors or even maybe more. (laughs) I I can't remember off my hand because I never get up that high. But um, is it possible that maybe one floor of that could be converted to just for bicycles? Well, that's exactly the kinds of things we're exploring. You know, part of our goal is to be able to make space available for accessible parking vehicles, uh, shared mobility like car share, Modo and Evo, but also active transportation. And so what we're looking at is what makes sense for converting, you know, an entire floor, sections of a parkade, and how do we make sure it's convenient and safe for people to get in and out of that parkade as well on a bicycle? Because you got to think about getting in and out. We want to make sure that you're able to safely get off the roadway and into the facility. So Yates Street Parkade is a great example of a place that we're looking at uh, where we know we have some extra space 
space and capacity, but also that it can really support those kind of um, uh, priorities when we talk about providing space. Um, our goal is to be able to continue to manage our curbs, to create turnover, to give people access to parking solutions. Some of it's going to be on the street, some of it's going to be in parkades. A third option that we're looking at is looking to the market and seeing, you know, is there a, a nonprofit? Is there a business out there that wants to help us provide valet bike parking solutions? Now, those kinds of systems aren't often free. They've got a, a fee associated with them, but they're great models out there in the community where valet services can really help to support um, operations for longer periods of time, or even if you're down for a short visit. Um, you know, we, we're looking to kinds of creative solutions to say, what is it that we can do to help stimulate and support um, uh, uh, you know, the transportation parking solutions. During COVID, many cities um, uh, look to empty storefronts and vacancies, businesses and organizations who are looking for creative means and saying, how can we convert or how can we look at um, options to be able to provide valet bike parking solutions um, to be able to support people as a destination while giving and supporting kind of a building a culture of cycling education, uh, road user safety, and really kind of um, acting as those central depots. Ultimately, we recognize that we are not just looking for solutions downtown. We need to be looking at all of our you know, neighborhoods and thinking about what works for James Bay might be a little bit different than what works for North Park or Burnside Gorge. Our community centers, our recreation center like Crystal Pool are going to be candidates for investments um, in enhanced bike parking facilities over the next year. Okay, yeah, it's interesting that you say that because it is going to be a little bit different for a place like, I don't know, Cook Street or James Bay as opposed to downtown because you don't have the same amount of traffic and so you don't have the same amount of eyes watching people and maybe preventing people from stealing a bike because, yeah, there's a lot of people around. Yeah, and ultimately, really, what it comes down to is also kind of what's a, what's around the space. How is the curb used today? Um, do we have public, um, you know, right of way to be able to build a facility? Um, we're also working to encourage our partner organizations and agencies like the school districts uh, to continue enhance their bicycle parking solutions um, in their facilities. Um, so as we look to you know places like Island Health with the Royal Jubilee Hospital uh, School District, which of course has sites all across our municipality. And people live and work um, all nearby there. And, uh, and when you think of students, faculty and staff, when you think of employees like, um, uh, you know, uh, nursing or janitorial or food service workers at Royal Jubilee, um, they all, you know, need bike parking solutions as well. So it's not only just about the city providing um, great uh, bike parking solutions, but it's also working with our partners to say, how do we collectively raise the bar? How do we treat the bicycle as it, it really is intended to be a wonderful mobility choice that helps to reduce demand on our streets. Um, and recognizing that cycling is not for everyone, but for every time somebody does get on a bicycle, it reduces demand and frees up space for somebody who needs to drive for motor vehicle. Right now, the big bike project that's going on in Victoria is extending the ENN to Victoria's downtown. Uh, when I spoke to Rebecca Mercero from the CRD, I brought up the worry that some commuters might have and that their bike could possibly get stolen, especially if they have something like an e-bike that they're planning on taking along the trails. Uh, she said that she wasn't aware of any plans that were going along with that for safer parking. Uh, but is there anything that you can share from the city? 
Well, the uh, Kim to Road ENN uh, project is a part of our All Ages and Abilities Cycling Network. And so within our network, we're continuing to build uh, bike parking facilities. Um, now, the, the destination that that route goes into is in Victoria. So that's why the city is committed, you know, a half a million bucks this upcoming year to support enhanced bike parking f- solutions and facilities. Um, for many people along the regional trail network, you know, you might need to stop off um, thinking of the switch bridge or um, in locations where you want to have a short-term park, go to a washroom, fill up your water bottle, that kind of thing. Um, for the ENN and Kimta Road, it, you know, that's no different. We're going to have um, on-street bicycle parking corrals in places that make strategic sense, but really the destination is downtown Victoria. So everything that we're doing in Victoria is exactly that, supporting intermunicipal travel and, and connectivity. Um, ultimately, what we want to be able to see are, are hubs um, right across the capital region. Um, in all the municipalities thinking about when you go to downtown Sydney is there a great spot for you to stop off and park your bike when you head out to Langford is there a great spot that you can park off your bike and and feel comfortable and secure that someone's not going to walk away with it so, you know, recognizing that just, um, you know, so much of our daily travel is not just within one municipality. It's really, you know, in between intermunicipal travel. So we need intermunicipal solutions. Is this something that is an increase in the budget from, say, last year? Or are you focusing more money on this? Um, so each year the city invests in standard bicycle racks and we have that as a part of our base budget. Um, in 2021, council actually really identified this as an important priority as we were building new infrastructure as a part of our AAA network. Um, they really wanted to make sure that the emphasis was on enhanced bike parking facilities. So this is a dedicated um, uh, fund of, of a half million dollars that has been allocated specifically to support solutions. Um, we're going to be trying uh, some of these solutions that I just talked about earlier today. Um, and, and really watching them, how they work, gathering feedback, and then building our bike parking program. So it's really exciting. And I think we're actually the only municipality here in the region that's a kind of taking this um, investment approach around enhanced bike parking facilities and looking at, you know, how do we do more? How can we meet better needs of, of people who are, you know, using adapted bikes, e-bikes, recumbent bikes, um, cargo bikes, and everywhere in between. And, and really those um, solutions have to be thought of in that whole wide spread of right from the you know when a new building is built all the way through to the 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 tourist visitor who's here who's rented a bike for the day and just wants to stop off and and have something a bite to eat at a restaurant in a village center so it's really going to be a multi-pronged approach and and we're excited to tackle this in 2022. Bike theft is a pretty pervasive issue in the city and that actually costs money when it comes to police resources tracking down bikes uh, allocating um, funds to make sure that there are officers who are equipped to deal with the situations is investing in bike infrastructure to protect people's bikes from getting stolen are you expecting any savings when it comes to the crime element of this I think what's important to kind of picture right from the very get-go is being proactive at the front end, um, registering your bike with, um, you know, Victoria Police through Project 529 um, is a really important way to make our uh, the use of police resources right across the capital region more efficient. So if a bicycle is stolen in Victoria and found in Saanich, it's easy and efficient for officers uh, to be able to reconnect people with their bicycles. By providing better bike parking solutions across our municipality, absolutely 
absolutely. We can, we will see the kinds of benefits um, that will will improve confidence of the users, but also help our, our enforcement agents, um, you know, do their job better. Uh, ultimately, bike theft, just like vehicle theft, um, uses up valuable resources. And what we want to focus on is is being able to, um, you know, raise awareness uh, to get people registering their bikes so that if their bike is stolen, it's um, it's uh, more efficiently dealt with. And then also uh, by providing better bike parking solutions and deterring theft, those same officers can be lo- working on other priorities across the municipality. The last city that I lived in had those uh, city-provided bike racks where you can, the, the bikes that you can borrow essentially and then find a different uh, hub where you drop it off in the other part of the city. You could pay by ride or by membership. That's something that's becoming popular for cities. I jumped on that and I actually had a membership because my bikes kept getting stolen and it was just, it saved money for me and it was less of a hassle. Um, could Victoria be seeing that coming anytime soon? Absolutely. So we call those um, kinds of services uh, dockless uh, shared mobility services. Um, so that is, um, you know, whether it be a bicycle or an e-bicycle, um, the idea that a third party offers a, um, you know, a for rental bicycle on very short term trips, uh, bike share um, or e-bike share are definitely around uh, municipalities and cities across North America. Um, we did a pilot a couple of years ago. And one of the things that we, you know, had some great lessons learned about how do we regulate those kinds of businesses so that we can provide the maximum benefits of giving residents and visitors access to short-term bicycles or e-bikes to be able to use, while at the same time reducing or minimizing the kinds of negative impacts that can come with clutter in the public road right-of-way, competition with brick-and-mortar businesses. So the city um, would want to roll out a new regulation uh, for businesses, kind of like a special business licensing, just the same way that we regulated cannabis or the same way we regulated short-term rentals, making sure that there's clear rules of engagement around allowing that kind of thing. But new mobility is exactly the kind of reason why we need to get more creative because bike shares are exactly is a kind of um, way to be able to offer somebody the benefits of cycling without necessarily ownership. So just the same way we've looked at car sharing, um, with uh, with both two-way and one-way car sharing, um, there's two-way and one-way bike share models. And really, those are a part of our solutions. And um, Go Victoria, which is our, our transportation strategy for the city, is really focuses on, you know, how do we uh, support our shared mobility options um, while balancing out the needs of uh, both uh, residents, uh, commuters, uh, commercial users, as well as people with disabilities, and, and really finding that kind of, um, uh, you know, suite of tools and uh, and services that are going to make our communities, um, you know, healthy, accessible and, and, and low carbon. And that's really the kinds of strategies that we're going to be delivering over the years to come. Is there anything else on the city's radar? You know, one of the other pieces is thinking about new technologies such as smart racks. So we're also seeing new technologies being introduced where, you know, bicycle parking is accessed by a smartphone and only becomes unlocked by that user. So again, thinking about equity and access, um, recognizing that not everybody has a smartphone, there may be those, those kinds of solutions that we see becoming more and more prevalent in our communities. And so it'll be exciting to, you know, for all of the technology nerds out there who are also interested in how does technology support um, uh, bike parking solutions, um, some of these new uh, and emerging um, uh, infrastructure solutions could very well uh, find their place uh, on city streets in the future. Sarah, thank you so much for answering all my questions today. 
You're welcome. Take care. Have a great day. One step in solving bike theft is a project called 529 Garage, which you just heard Sarah mention. It started in Lower Portland, but has since spread across Vancouver Island and the Lower Mainland. Earlier this year, Victoria Police switched their bike registry program over to the service. It's an app that lets people upload pictures of their bike to a directory, and then alert community members if their bike gets stolen. You can check it out at project529.com. If you want to help support Capital Daily's local journalism and connect your business with our engaged and curious Greater Victoria audience of over 50,000, you can email our partnerships team at advertising at capitaldaily.ca. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and a review and also subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes going forward. We post new shows every Monday to Friday. My name is Jackie Lamport. This is the Capital Daily Podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow.